Hello, everyone, and welcome to Think Yourself Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Heather Duranja. Let's dive into today's episode. Everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have special guest, Dr. Raymond Nichols. He is here to connect the disconnected, the disempowered, and the suffering back to their authentic power and expression. He helps people function better, heal better, and adapt to life better by ensuring the brain-body connection is functioning optimally. He owns Align Life Chiropractic in Greenville, South Carolina, along with his beautiful wife, Dr. Maya Schaefer. He has served on many leadership boards in the past, and most recently, their clinic was awarded the fastest growing out of 40 clinics. Congratulations. That is an amazing feat, especially being a family man and having so much on your plate. Congratulations to you both. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, it's been it's been a journey. Obviously, uh, any business is a journey, um, but it's definitely uh, it's been a beautiful journey. Actually, uh, the ups and the downs. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah. And owning a holistic practice in itself can have its challenging challenges, right? Especially nowadays, um, <laughs> with everything going on in the world, and there's so so much censorship happening. Yeah. Um, it can really be a challenge to get the message out there and be able to embrace uh, holistic lifestyle practices to improve our overall health. Yeah, so, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, so how how are you combating all of this censorship and things right now that are happening in the world? How are you trying to get around it? Um, I so I think so. Looking at this whole, when we look, talk about like a, having a holistic practice. Um, and versus uh, your mainstream um, like medical office uh, per se, right? Um, so I think that it's not a new thing for us when you're talking about the holistic rim, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're talking about chiropractors for one, um, because we're definitely not mainstream. Uh, get, we've been called all kind of things uh, as a profession um, to my face. Like I've experienced like, it, it is what it is. Right. Um, and the thing that comes up for me is that this isn't a new thing. Um, this situation is happening. And so I feel like we've always prepared for this because we know that once we open our doors up, people aren't going to just like be running to our office and like line up outside the door when, once we open. Like we know that's, we know that's not the, what's, what's real when yeah. it comes to holistic care, when it comes to chiropractic care. Like you have to get out there, like it's a grind. You have to get out there, get yourself out there, meet people, shake hands, have coffee, do events. Like you have to get your face out there. And that's the difference between a holistic practice. And if I'm just a semi medical doctor, I, I, I finish up and I just uh, start my practice. And literally people just start coming to my door because that's the mainstream uh, narrative. And that's what people are looking for, for the most part. Um, so we got to get our face out there in front of people and show them that, hey, you're looking for us, right? Right. And get so, our message out there. So really what I'm hearing you say is that it's really all about trying to earn that trust, right? Try to capture the interest of individuals and be able to build that trust relationship, which can be a really challenging thing nowadays, especially with their, you know, being around health and wellness, there's so much misinformation out there. And I think that consumers for the most part get bombarded with information. 
And because we live these crazy, hectic lifestyles, we're so busy, we don't have a lot of time to do research and discern information that, you know, is being presented to us, it can get very consuming, or I'm sorry, confusing. Confusing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times consumers kind of just check out. They just kind of say, ah, it's too much. I don't have time for this. And they just go about their disconnected ways. Mm -hmm. So how do you intervene? How do you can, how do you challenge someone to think outside of the box and really try to encourage them to take personal responsibility for their health? Yeah, um, great, great question. Um, and I think what comes up for, for me is that I know, so I've, I've been that person before, okay. like, so that really, really helps me. Okay. Because I have, I know, like, I know exactly where they, where they at. I know where, where their mindset is. I know um, just like lifestyles. Cause I've, I've, I've seen the unhealthiest, right. Mm -hmm. I've seen the healthiest. So I have like the, this whole spectrum where I can see from here to here. And so right. anyone that steps in the, into the office, I know that most likely they're, they're coming from this perspective here. So my job as a um, facilitator is to, if I can, I'm not, I'm not going to like, just throw everything on them that I know. It's more so of like, let me come back to you and like meet you where you're at. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And let's talk. Right. So let's talk, let's connect. Um, and I think the most, the thing I've been like, I've only been practicing like almost three years now. It's not, hasn't been long at all, actually. Um, but the thing I really notice is that people want to be heard. Yeah. Right. So people want to be heard and they want connection, mm -hmm. right? Yes. They want results as well. But I think when people are, they feel heard and they get the connection, I think that's actually the starting point of the healing journey. Um, when you actually dive deeper into that. And also when patients come in, I make sure I hold the space for them um, to, to be vulnerable, to share, to uh, share their goals, share their struggles, because that's what, that's what I need, right? I need that. I need, I need these things and they actually need to say it too right. so that they can start a, a, a new health trajectory and like where they want to take their health. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's what comes, comes to mind when you talk about that and trying to help people meet uh, just meet them where they at, yeah. uh, opposed to kind of like talking, I guess, down on them. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean? like um, I think it's a, a good approach to just try to meet people where they at um, and just bring them along the journey uh, yeah. if they want to. Yep. I love that. I love that perspective. What I'm hearing you say is that you're really combat compassion based. You're mm -hmm. you're really about holding that space, holding that compassion being the empath, putting yourself into the shoes of the individual whom is desperately seeking guidance and help, and then being able to, you know, come up with some sort of realistic solution for where they're at in their present moment. That's beautiful. I, I think that's such a necessary approach to the wellness journey, because more often than less, I see a lot of individuals, you know, they're desperate to start feeling better. They're ready to get started. And then they get bombarded with this overwhelming protocol that, you know, really shakes their world and they can do it for a little bit, right? Yeah. And then life happens and they can't stay consistent <laughs> and then they become defeated and they say, fuck it. And they go back to the self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I love that. And Honestly, that has been one of the core components of my practice as well. Okay. Nice. It's really trying to 
identify the barriers that are standing in the way and then being able to help them devise a solution, some sort of strategy that's going to be realistic for their circumstances at the moment. So I love that. <laughs> love it. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you say that um, it could be overwhelming for people, right? Um, and not sustainable for people. And so I think is as a, a health facilitator or as a guy, whatever you want to call yourself, is that um, you're there, right? To be like, hey, like, hey, I, I, I know what this journey looks like. And these is the put, this is where you need to step at, right? These are the, the foundation, like you need to step here. And if you don't, like, if you end up stepping here, like I'm, I'm here, like I, I, I grab you, you can hold on to me for right. a second, right? Um, yeah. And then until we're able to get back on that path, I think that's where where we're at, like in this journey of trying to help our patients, uh, help clients get, uh, just stay on this track, right? Cause we know life happens, right? right? But the thing is like adaptability is the name of the game, Ooh, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? It is, it's definitely a name of the game and we have to be able to adapt to life. Mm -hmm. uh, even when it hits us in the face, um, adapt to our health, like adapt to everything. Uh, and I think that's the, the bigness of it all. Yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that you were use the word adapt because I think that as humans and the way that society cultivates expectation, we are an instant gratification. We are a, it has to be done right now. And we've lost sight of what it truly is to embrace an adaptation. You know, the human body is designed to adapt. That's what it's all about, our immune system, like everything that's going on right now, this whole pandemic. It's insane. It's like we can't control these circumstances, but we can adapt. And for some, I'm not quite sure how all of the medical professionals and the scientists out there have kind of forgotten that concept, right? Like they've just completely washed it. So it's important to remind individuals yeah. that we are meant to adapt. That's the whole purpose of this human experience is to adapt in all ways, physically, mentally, emotionally. God, I love that. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and just speaking from a chiropractic standpoint, um, that's the whole point of chiropractic. That was the whole basis of chiropractic uh, to help, a, help an individual adapt better to, to life, uh, to their experiences. Um, because we will get bombarded with physical stresses, uh, emotional stresses, toxic stresses every single day. Right. But is our vessel um, strong enough, resilient enough to be able to adapt to these things? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it is. And it's very, very intelligent as well. Oh, absolutely. I love it. I love that perspective. I love that that's how you're approaching, you know, the business. So tell me, Dr. Nichols, what brought you along your health journey that, that made you seek becoming a chiropractor? So I think um, what comes up for me is when uh, I kind of told you that I've seen like, you know, what sick people look like are unhealthy um, heavily medicated, um, undernourished, like mm -hmm. no movement. And so those people that I'm talking about is my family. Okay. Right. Yep. And so I'm from Mississippi originally. So Mississippi is one of the most unhealthy states in, in America, actually, uh, unfortunately. And so what comes with that? Yes, we have great, amazing food. Um, but <laughs> I think that's what comes with it. Uh, is that I've seen it legit like majority of people in my family 
I would say have at least, I would say at least two metabolic chronic diseases, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then I see my family members having these just bags of medication that they take with them to doctor, after specialist, after doctor, after specialist. And I grew up seeing this, this, this disconnect. And mm-hmm. for me, like, I think kids are very intuitive. Um, and I think we're able to really listen to that uh, until a, a big adult um, washes it away, I guess. But, um, but as a kid, I was very intuitive and I was able to listen and see and observe. It's like, okay, I see a trend here and this isn't, it doesn't look fun, right? From a kid perspective, like it doesn't look fun to take medications all day to not be able to be healthy, not be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Um, and so for me, I, that's why I wanted to go down a different path. I never knew what the path looked like, but I was open and I was curious to something different. And I think that was the bigness of it. And that's how I landed onto chiropractic or chiropractic found me. Mm-hmm. Um, because the basis of chiropractic is that the, is the body is self-healing, self-maintaining and self-organizing, mm-hmm. right? It just doesn't need any interference in the way of that. And that like that message and that, that core principle, it, it's my core principle too. And like, it just resonated so much. And that's what got me on this chiro- got me to go to chiropractic school because knowing that, that aspect, I'm like, man, this is powerful. Like people need to know that. And also it's empowering to know right? Your body is self-healing, self-maintaining, self-organizing. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what more do we need to know, right? Hey, look, I like, I like to keep things very, very simple. Oh, um, I feel like we, try to, we try to complicate things as human beings uh, because we think we are big, tough, and uh, just super smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not, we're not as smart as what we think we are. And I, I keep saying that, um, but we think we are. So yeah. we, we tend to get in the way because um, I actually seen a, I was a quote is the other day. Um, it talked about I'm going to butcher it, but it talked about okay. basically chaos, right? Chaos isn't um, isn't a thing of nature, right? It's actually uh, the man or man typically creates chaos uh, in nature because uh, nature has a has a certain frequency, a certain tone, a certain harmony, um, in a certain you can say homeostasis yeah. to it, right? Um, that it, it, it runs, right? Flawlessly, right. if it's not interrupted. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. I, I'm a strong believer that chaos was created by man in order to keep us enslaved in these systems that are extremely profitable. And the second that the chaos starts to settle, that's when the systems are in significant trouble because we are going to wake up to our truth. We are going to recognize that, you know, why am I taking all these medications, going to all these specialists and continuing to get sicker? This doesn't make any sense. How is this possible? (laughs) Right? So yeah, I'm a firm believer that chaos was you know, created as a measure to help control us Mm. and keep us in a state of chronic stress. And the more stressed we are, the more dependent we are on these dysfunctional systems that keep us surviving. They don't let us thrive. They keep us surviving and we become dependent on Mm. them to a point where we are the victim. We give away all of our power and we are desperately seeking the next quick fix to get us through our day. I love that perspective. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So well, I mean, in my to me, it is the truth. 
Every single cell within my body resonates with that being the truth and that it's my core responsibility to collaborate with like-minded, you know, like-minded individuals like yourself so that we can truly bring awareness and get people to think, you know, do I truly have the power to heal myself? And if so, where do I get started? Yeah. You know, in 1993, I got diagnosed with having a autoimmune kidney disease. Um, I got diagnosed with IgA nephropathy and told that at that point, I only had 60% function in my kidneys and that within the next five years, I would either be on dialysis or transplant. And when I got this diagnosis and the prognosis, there was something within my body that just said, I can't accept that as my truth. Mm -hmm. And my doctors, my nephrologists, my team said to me, there's nothing you can do to change these circumstances. No lifestyle changes are going to improve your prognosis. And I could not settle with that. I said, "Mm, I don't know about that. Well, and then I ended up getting kicked off of my parents' health insurance for not being a full-time college student and then couldn't get health insurance for having a pre-existing condition. And for me, this was literally the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I did not fall into that trap of conventional Mm -hmm. medicine and become the victim. I learned how to seek information, empower myself through lifestyle change. And I have bought 29 quality years on my life from that day that they gave me that prognosis. So I'm here to speak truth and tell (laughs) people and remind them, you are adaptive, just like my friend, Dr. Nicholas here is preaching. It can happen for you. Love that. Love your story. I love your story. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, That is, uh, that's amazing, right? Yeah. You know, my why is, I I literally grew up similar to you being a victim of circumstances. You know, um, my my family, we grew I'm from Midwest myself. I grew up in um, Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri. And, you know, it's definitely not one of the healthier (laughs) healthier (laughs) states out there. And as a result of that, you know, I didn't have a lot of exposure to health and wellness. So I'm curious when you make this decision, you're observing your environment and you're Mm -hmm. saying, I'm not accepting this as my fate. And you challenge it and you choose to seek knowledge and a profession to uh, become a health and wellness practitioner. Did your family, did your, your close environment, did they give you a hard time? Did they judge you? Did they say, man, who, who the hell you think you are? <laughs> uh, I only laugh because yes, it is true. Um, and I expected that. Um, so I'm sure you heard the phrase, um, I guess you would say crabs in the yes! barrel, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. So we, we've heard, we've heard that phrase, right? It could be used in many, many scenarios, uh, but in this scenario, I think it's appropriate um, mm-hmm. is because when yes, I want to go to chiropractic school. Yes, I was like, oh, they were like, because I at that point I had just graduated undergrad. Um, and like, hey, you just got a degree. Like, just go, okay, I want to be an athletic trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know what I'm saying? Go get a job and be an athletic trainer. Um, but with me, I, I knew that there was something, there was something bigger, something greater. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that athletic training isn't that, but it just wasn't for me. Right. Um, it was just my stepping stone to get to, to where I am today. Uh, and I'm very grateful for it. And so, but I didn't listen to it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to chiropractic school because this is something that I, I really want to do. Um, cause we don't, we don't have a doctor. We don't have, 
uh, a chiropractor. Like we don't have any of that in my family. Like I was the the first I've been the first of many things, um, just breaking, breaking generational curses, I like to call it, uh, disrupting the cycle, I like to call yeah. it as well. Um, and then, yeah, so what happens is we have this, this, this mentality of like, you know, they want to pull somebody down. But the thing is, like, let's not get it twisted that it's the, it's the wrong intentions. I think the intentions are there for yeah. your families. I believe that they love you, mm -hmm. but they're only looking at it from a certain perspective and a certain lens, right? that's going to be limiting to you. And if you listen, it's going to be limiting to you. But right. I didn't listen. And I understood that concept because I understand that because they've known me all their life and I, I'm trying to do something else that's literally beyond what they even could even imagine. Like, honestly, like, just the, that's the truth of it. And me being able to do that, like, that's something totally different. And it's like, all right, I need you to come back here because now if you go do that, then... That means that you're going to change and also that means if you change then i'm going to change as well and then it's just all this change a lot of people they're not good with change right, right. Yeah. um so that's why you get the i get the comment when i go back home it's like oh raymond you uh you're different yeah yeah you should be different right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love that. So I have to be honest with you. When you started to go there with the analogy of the crabs, you literally set my soul on fire because that is one that I used quite often to explain to people, you know, when we're cultivated in an environment where there's a set standard of living expectation, when the one person wants to challenge that standard and go above and beyond what has been acceptable for that environment unit, yep. as that crab is trying to crawl up out of the cage, the other crabs are literally climbing on top of one another to grab it and pull it back down. Uh-uh, you ain't getting out. Because yep. if you get out, then that means I have to turn around and look at myself and ask myself, yeah. Why am I not getting out? What responsibility and accountability do I have to take to improve yeah. my life and circumstances? <laughs> and most people, like you said, they're scared of change. They're not willing to put that effort in. So when you make that choice, it causes them to have to turn around and do some self-reflecting and accept that their circumstances are by choice, mm. right? This isn't circumstance by victimization. This is by choice. And that's where people don't want to go. They're like, mm, no, I do not want to see the possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. I think it's the possibilities of like, that's the, the beauty of life, I feel like. And, and I think that's also a possibility when we're talking about your patients, your clients, um, and for helping facilitate, you know, saying their health journey is that you, you open up possibilities mm -hmm. because me as the uh, through my lens like I know the power of the body I know how intelligent the body is even if the person in front of me has no idea like they're just totally victim they just come into my office because they want Dr. Ray to crack them up and fix them right because yeah. um, I always let them know like I'm not fixing you I can't fix you yeah. I can't heal you I can't and they look at me like I'm crazy but I literally tell them that mm -hmm. um because what happens is there's no other doctor that's that's told them that in their entire lives. Right. And so what happens it, it like it it just it causes them to just hit the brakes and like whoa like what what do you mean? <laughs> right. Right. 
And so when we ask like, what do you mean? Now it's, they get curious and like, huh, that makes sense. We're on to something here. Yeah. Right? Um, so it's very, very, very interesting when you get, when you're talking about these, these concepts here. You know, honestly, Dr. Ray, I absolutely love that approach because as small children, we're taught to hand our power over to the white coats, right? Mm -hmm. We get yeah, sick, yeah. we're a little kid, we, we get a fever, we yeah. mama comes in, mama feels us, says, oh no, we got to take you to the doctor. This is how we are conditioned to yeah. believe that health is exchanged, right? We, we get sick, then we go to the doctor, the doctor prescribes whatever necessary means to make us feel better. So we disempower ourselves by becoming the victim of illness and handing the power over to the white coats to yeah. you know, formulate the solution. And we know very well that the solutions tend to be pharmacological agents or surgeries that aren't true lifelong solutions that, uh, you know, get to the root of the problem that truly allow the body to adapt and heal like it needs to. So the fact that the patient comes to you and you say to them, hey, man, <laughs> I can guide you. I yeah. can help assist you, but I can't heal you. I can't fix you. That's really what we need to be doing with children. That's the kind of mindset that we need to start cultivating and ensuing at a very early age so that they truly understand the power that they hold. And that power is through choice. Yes, yes, right? yes. No, you're exactly right. Especially I tell you, I have three kids and uh, this actually came up uh, with my three-year-old. So she's always running and falling and skinning her knees up. Mm -hmm. um, so at this time she's skinning her knee up um, and she wanted a band-aid, got a band-aid. So a few days passed by um, and I realized I was about to give her a bath and um, we took the band-aid off and everything. And like, she just, she noticed it was awareness and she's like, oh dad, my boo-boo's gone. Oh. And so right then and there, and as you're just talking about like teaching our kids these things, um, like, well, I'm like, dang, this is the opportunity to teach her how the body heals itself. I'm mm -hmm. like, baby, your, your body heals itself, right? And yeah. she got so excited. She ran upstairs, um, told Mariah that, mom, she told her mom that, hey, um, my body healed, my body healed, my body healed. So like to this day, like she says that and she continues to say that. Wow. I think that is like so empowering, so empowering. Yeah. I've got a goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, no, truly, it really, truly is empowering because ultimately she's celebrating all 50 trillion cells <laughs> in her body and their ability to do what they're meant to do. Yes. That's, yeah. that's just beautiful. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And, I think, and also the same thing happened. Um, last week she's had like a she she's had some fever for about three three days three four days uh right around 100 101 um but obviously understanding symptoms uh, and knowing what symptoms is just communication um and i think that's where a lot of people go wrong where they don't understand symptoms and like that it's just communicating to us um right. and now we just gotta lean in to see like what is it telling us and what do we need to do um in order to help the body a little a little more because in our in our household we were trying to use the word sick um because i feel like that has a, i don't know it's also almost like a negative disempowering yeah. state um we actually just flip it and be like okay we're expressing health right mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. if I if I have a fever, that's a sign. That's a that's a uh, just a healthy expression. Yeah. Oh right. Um, and so yeah. we just we just flip it, and then so she she was coughing, had a fever, and like before I had left, um, and she asked he asked her mom before I left for work. Uh, she's like, Mom, can you adjust me? Because uh, mom was chiropractor too, and like that was just it was. I just smiled. I'm like. Oh. Holy shit. Wow, like, yeah, talk about breaking generational <laughs> and empowering the new generation. Yeah. Wow, that is, man, what a beautiful, beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, you're welcome. And just the modeling of your behavior, you know, you're really empowering your children to be their own advocates, to be their own healthcare experts. And and what a sentiment, what a legacy to leave, right? (laughs) And and not just that, but then also the influence that you have on other parents just through social Mm -hmm. interacting, you know, through your your practice, as well as just your community as a parent. How amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we're here for. It's here to just be, just be an example. I try to just be, be an example. I'm not perfect, uh, but I try to be an example for kids, patients, uh, for people. Well, right? I love that, and and you know, I think that we have to really start having conversations around the expectation should never be perfection because perfection is an illusion. It doesn't really exist. It's all about ebb and flowing, like you yeah. said earlier being able to adapt to the current circumstances, recognize that this is a temporary situation and that I just have to adapt my behavior in order to make it through this. And then on to the next thing, because we have this unfortunate uh, expectation that um, life is going to be perfect, right? We'll get started on our health and wellness journey once I get through X, Y, Z. Yeah. And then you get through X, Y, Z, and then LMNOP is right around the corner waiting for you. Say, hey, you forgot about us. <laughs> we got to take a few steps back. Yeah. So, yeah. so how do you teach people, you know, how do you help encourage people, especially when it comes to nutrition, how to adapt to making changes that are going to have lasting benefits? Well, I think, um, again, I try to, I keep things as simple as possible to, so that it's, it's sustainable. Yeah. Right? Um, so <clears throat> we talk about the foundations of just, just being a human being, being healthy, um, talking about the uh, movement, right? I think that's super important. So, and it's just like, like move, right? It doesn't have to be for like uh, going to gym, lifting thousands of pounds. Like you can just a walk. Yeah. Just go on a walk and just go outside, like enjoy uh, your neighborhood, enjoy, like, see your neighbors, like, say, hey, or whatever, right? <laughs> whatever <Absolutely. wherever> you're at. <laughs> yeah, well, and the reality uh, is, is that most adults get somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 steps a day yeah. as average, which average. isn't Crazy. much, and yes. I myself, I cannot, I am not a fan of any kind of organized exercise. All right. You tell me I have to get in the gym and I'm going to be like, make every excuse in the book. I got to tell me my knee hurts. My foot's hurting. Oh, my hair's bad. I will come up with every excuse, but you get my ass outside and you let me play. Yeah. That is a completely different situation. I totally love embracing play as my modality for movement. Yeah, and it's exciting, you know, to get out in nature and, and, and have a little play. What a, 
it's really about shifting the perspective. Yeah, it's, it's love, all about the perspective. That. Yes, all about the perspective. And like, um, even like, you know, saying obviously hydration, uh, recuperation, super important, especially in this stressful world. Uh, just, just taking a break, just pausing. Absolutely. Hydration. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So as a chiropractor, I'm sure you see people stiff as boards, muscles, joints everything stiff as freaking boards. People are, the population is so dehydrated. I want to say the most recent statistic I saw was like 85% of the adult population in the U.S. is chronically dehydrated. That's well, frightening. Frightening. Uh, yeah. You know? yeah. And, and so when we're dehydrated, we're going to have stiff, achy joints and muscles, right? It's going to create a lot of pain. We're going to have a lot of inflammation and just sipping on some water in itself could be a step in the right direction mm -hmm. to get us feeling better. Yeah. The brain is comprised mostly of water. I think yeah. 70 to 80% yeah. of the brain is made up of water. And if we're one to 2% dehydrated, that's going to have a significant impact on our cognitive function, specifically our energy levels, yes. you know, and we've got people walking around chronically tired. I don't have any energy. I'm so fatigued. I, I would love to make breakfast, but I'm yeah. just too tired to make tired. breakfast. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Right? I'm, there, I'm there with you. And to kind of bring it full circle, we're talking about adaptability is that that's that's that goes to show how adaptive. I'm looking outside. I'm seeing my neighbor. Tomorrow's trash day. Oh, um, okay. And we have like recycle bins. And I've noticed this before. Uh, them and we're talking about dehydration. Though that this is perfect, actually. Um, so legit, like in in the trash bin, legit. Like every week, I see. I've saw at least six to ten um, Pepsi, two liter bottles mm -hmm. like six to ten a week i'm like there's no possible way that they're drinking that many pepsi uh, bottles a week yeah you know it's really frightening because i on a daily basis have conversation with individuals about beverages you know fluids that they're drinking and i specialize in a population working with mental health and substance abuse recovery uh -huh. so majority of these individuals who are going through the recovery process, their brains are craving substance substitutes, sugar being one of the largest nicotine yeah. and then caffeine. So with the Coca-Cola, the Pepsi, we're getting, they're getting their caffeine and they're getting their sugar. It's a double whammy. Mm -hmm. It is just People don't realize how addictive these substances are to our psychology, you know, the psychology of our brain and the physiology of yes. our body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are so addictive. <laughs> so so that's like that, that threw off my 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 train of thought, but I thought it was perfect for yeah, no, it is for, for this dehydration piece of it. Um yeah. because it was also a time for me to like, I guess kind of like I don't know, like I you know I, I live a certain lifestyle, but mm -hmm. then when I saw that like it just like holy shit, there's no way that they're drinking that many. Like they have to be doing something else with these bottles. Like I, I try to think like, like what else could they be doing with these Pepsi bottles each week? Like, I, I don't know. They can't be putting their bodies though. <laughs> they are, you know, unfortunately. I had a woman recently that I worked with who was recently diagnosed with type two diabetes, had dyslipidemia, obese, 
high blood pressure. And so when we're chatting and I'm kind of interviewing her to find out what these root causes could potentially be, she starts complaining about sleep. And ultimately what we discovered is that this particular woman was drinking three to four 32 ounce fountain Pepsis a day. Okay. When I did the math and explained to this individual that they had a concentration of caffeine in their bloodstream that would literally take more than three weeks to cycle out of the bloodstream. It really put perspective to what she was doing, why she couldn't sleep, why she was so dependent on the caffeine first thing in the morning, why she was having dysregulated blood sugars, you know, lack of sleep, increased caffeine and sugar. I mean, so anyway, I was really proud of this client because she decided to go all in and put the effort and she slowly weaned herself off of the soda slowly incorporated more hydrating beverages. And within less than a month, she completely kicked the soda habit. And right. it was it was just absolutely beautiful how much it impacted her quality of sleep. And because her quality of sleep improved, how it showed up in her mood, her cognitive function and her blood sugar regulation. It was just such a beautiful, beautiful yeah. situation. Again, the body is very intelligent. Now I can bring it back full circle is that the fact that people are, are consuming these, consuming this thing or living these different lifestyles or not drinking enough water, the body is that intelligence to know that it needs to hold on to what it has, especially when we're talking about water, yeah. um, because it knows it's not getting anywhere else, right? So it's like, all right, I know this, this, this human being right here, this person uh, isn't getting us some hydration. So let's hold on to what we have and we're going to function what we have, and we're going to prioritize prioritize things, mm-hmm. and we're going to keep this human alive and still ticking as at the highest capacity what we can. Yeah. That's the way I see like the human body working together, like yeah. different systems. Yeah. No, yeah. that's that's such a beautiful example. I love that. And what people don't realize, you know, we hear a lot of people complain about bloat, right? Oh, I'm so bloated. Why am I so bloated? Well, what most individuals don't recognize is that a lot of their abdominal distension bloating that they're experiencing is because their body is desperate, desperate to hold on to any fluid that it's taking in. And most people eat, you know, diets that are high in in iodized sodium. They're getting it from their refined processed foods and the fast foods that they're eating. And this is a threat to our heart, to that potassium sodium channel. Yeah. And so the body is literally pulling in, holding on to any water it can in order to create that safe concentration mm-hmm. of sodium and potassium to keep the heart, lungs, and brain functioning. Ah, man, I just, wow. Yeah, no, the body is just so intelligent. The fact that I'm saying we can live these lifestyles like this and, and still be able to live, right? Um, but then it's like, okay, like what is the possibility of if I was doing this, if I was doing this, if I was doing this, then what would my life look like? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a possibility that um, health healthcare faci- uh, facilitators give give people, right? And I think that's what we need to do in our overall healthcare system mm-hmm. is to give them the possibility of like, hey, these are the foundational things that you need to be doing. Yeah. So like these just, we have to be doing these foundational things. And your body is going to perform very, very well 
very well, more like well than you even expected. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's interesting, Dr. Ray, because in other countries, their yeah. governments cultivate these standards and yeah. <laughs> to their, you know, citizens. Yeah. But here in the U.S., and I, specifically with what we've seen happen with the pandemic over the last yeah. 21 months, not once have we heard get your ass outside, get some fresh air, get some sunlight, move your body, hydrate your body, put some nourishing food. Instead, we're getting promoted to go to Dunkin' Donuts and get our free coffee and Krispy Kreme to get our free donut. And I think Taco Bell's giving shit away. Like everyone's giving. <laughs> the heck? Like where, how are we so broken? Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Huh? Like, it's like, like it's almost like it can't be real. It's like, like, all right, someone pinched me, like, wake me up. Like, it's been, it was, it was funny. Like, 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 wake me up now. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, for me, healthy lifestyle has been such a huge component of my life for literally almost the last thirty years. I'm forty five now, yep. and for a good thirty years, I have literally utilized my time, energy, and my financial resources mm -hmm. to cultivate the healthiest lifestyle possible. Now, again, there is no such thing as balance. There yeah. is no such thing as perfection. I ebb and flow through it. I went to Vegas uh, last weekend and got married. Awesome. Not an ideal circumstance. Thank you. <laughs> Not an ideal circumstance because number one, my sleep fell very short. And then I was forced to eat out almost all of my meals from restaurants where I got a lot of exposure to the iodized salt, which for me having a kidney disease, as soon as I have too much of that iodized salt, my body just puffs up. And when I got home, I was up nine pounds on the scale from where I had left on that following uh, that previous Thursday. So in a five day period, wow. my body was not reacting to the poison that I was consuming from eating out on top of having lack of sleep. Yeah. So I can still feel the residual effects of the inflammation from the bad fats and the sodium that I was, you know, exposed to by choice. I could have packed meals, but eh, what fun was like that? I, right? <laughs> I had enough stress on my plate just trying to say I do, much less figure out, you know, making my own food. But I'm aware. I know what the expectation is. I know what the consequences of this are going to be. So when I get home and step on that scale, I'm not mind fucked going, holy shit, I just gained yeah. nine pounds. Life is over. Like, what am I going to do? You know, but most yeah. society doesn't have that innate knowledge. They're not in tune with their body and have the ability to decipher and understand what was yeah. happening. But we can all be taught. We can yes, all 100%. get there. 100%. I'm totally there with you. Yeah, I'm on a mission to, to teach as many people as possible. Uh, so for the listener right now, who's intrigued and they're like, hmm, healthy lifestyle. This is an interesting consideration. What would your recommendation be for them to get started? How, how would you encourage them to just take the chance on themselves, make the choice to do one thing that is going to get them moving in the right direction? Yeah. Um, 
I always ask this question, actually. It's always a hard question because obviously it's more than one thing. Um, but I think uh, one thing that comes up for me is either you, either you can go with meditation with this or just taking a pause or like just tuning into yourself, right? Just taking, wow. taking time for yourself. I'm talking about just like complete silence, um, nothing around, not your phone, like legit nothing, mm-hmm. right? So this like, just pause, like this is it, like, hey, time out. I'm going mm-hmm. to my break, right? I'm about to, I'm about to check in, I'm going to my break. Um, and so I think we do that a little bit more often. Um, then first, I think our, our stress levels would decrease significantly, right? And also I feel like we would be able to start to connect to our, our inherent power and also our in, intuitive uh, instincts that I think that we all have. But because we get so disconnected, we don't listen to those things because we're just so disconnected, right? We don't even know what it even looks like or, or, or what it sounds like. So I think once we start to do that, I think a lot of a lot of different shifts will start to happen if we just just pause, yeah. right? Because we live such a life of like, go here, go there, go here. Like it's it's always go 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 go. Like always. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it never stops. That's such fabulous advice. And for me personally, um, it's the reverse of the approach that I took to my health and wellness journey. I started with nutrition and then incorporated exercise and hydration and all of the things. But the place that I had the most resistance around was that going in, was that taking alone time, was that meditation component. And so, you know, I was told over and over, Heather, you need to start doing meditation or else it's going to blah, 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 blah. And then ultimately, after I got diagnosed with cervical cancer in 2011, um, I was going through a master's program. I was working full time as a dietitian, raising two teenage girls and then also bartending nights and weekends to make ends meet. I was spread really thin. And so I get this diagnosis of cervical cancer and my doctors, you know, they say, Hey, we're going to need to do a surgery. And then we want to do radiation and chemotherapy to ensure that it doesn't come back. Well, for me, I had, um, contracted HPV and, uh, because I didn't have health insurance and I was going through, you know, Planned Parenthood women's health for my women's health needs, I slipped through the cracks. And as a result of that, this HPV was able to go into cervical cancer in combination with my lifestyle habits at the time. So when I get this diagnosis, I'm pissed. I'm like, how? I've got nutrition down. I got exercise. I'm a damn dietitian. How can you <laughs> And the reality is, is that the things, the core components, You know, I was not sleeping appropriately. I was maybe getting two to four hours of sleep. I was under immense, immense stress. I was utilizing caffeine as a means to get me through my day, disrupted my entire gut health. And Mm. it was a perfect storm. Yeah. When these doctors recommend that I have these treatments, I said, I'm willing to do the surgery, but I'm not doing the chemo and I'm not doing the radiation. And they looked at me cross-eyed like I was just absolutely insane. And they argued with me, but I explained to them, look, I know I haven't been taking personal responsibility for the components of my lifestyle that are going to give me the biggest bang for my buck. And I at least owe it to myself 
to mm-hmm. attempt to do mm-hmm. what my body is meant to do before I take these drastic approaches that could yeah. have some really severe long-term negative consequences. Gotcha. I love that. And amen, <laughs> I did it. And unfortunately in 2019, I ended up getting HPV again. That's when I learned that there's over 200,000 strains and for every sexual partner you have, you get the, you have the risk of getting a new strain. I was like, what? So anyway, (laughs) luckily when I got that diagnosis, I leaned in really hard to the lifestyle habits, the stress management, the meditation, Mm -hmm. and really embrace these. And then within less than six months, my body had the ability to fight that HPV off, which Powerful. beautiful right no seriously powerful yeah uh, it's, it's and again that's just one one thing that people can do uh i don't think it's overwhelming you don't have to sit cross-legged or like make some noises like i'm just literally sitting chair um yeah. by yourself with your thoughts with your body um and just see how it feels it yeah. will feel uncomfortable at first because we we're not used to just sitting with ourselves sitting in silence um and just paying attention to ourselves. But I think when we pay attention to ourselves, um, then we're going to just learn so much about ourselves. It's like having a conversation with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and one thing that I do want to bring um, to the listeners awareness is that many of us, myself included, as a child, I grew up in an environment where relaxation was not acceptable. I, yeah. It was not something that was cultivated. You know, I talk a lot about how on Saturday mornings, I would grab my bowl of cereal and run into the living room to sit down and start watching cartoons. And then either my grandmother or my mother would walk by and they'd be like, what are you doing? Your bed needs to be made. There's leaves that need to be raked. You can rest when you die. And so for me at a very early age, I was conditioned to be attached to my central nervous system. They're sitting in rest and digest was not a (laughs) environmentally acceptable thing in my family. And so as a result of that, I adopted a lot of OCD type of behaviors, a lot of perfectionist expectation, Mm -hmm. a lot of attachment to constantly doing, 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 to avoid the potential criticism of relaxing and being yep. with myself. And so it really took me until I was 40 years old to recognize that that was the root of why I couldn't meditate, that yeah. it was because my body was rejecting it because it had never been taught that yep. it was okay to rest. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's okay to be in a state of rest. So for me personally, walking meditation, was the way that I eased myself into being alone with those thoughts and letting go of the judgment and the attachment to the criticism and all of those things. So what other kinds of tips do you have for the individuals who hardwired that CNS and don't know how to rest? What other ways can they start to embrace meditation to truly be able to um, reap the benefits long term? Um, I think what comes to mind is when we're talking about being in a, because that's almost like being your flow state, right? Being in that state of like, there's time doesn't exist, um, like nothing really exists, but whatever you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and that can be different for other people. Like people love gardening, like do that, right? Yes. By yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously you're getting some physical activity in as well. Like you just com- compounding that at that point, but like finding something that you love to do 
and not being no distraction just doing just that thing yeah that can, that's because you put you in meditative state at that point and i think that's also important yeah ah that is such a beautiful beautiful piece of advice because now that i'm sitting here reflecting i'm like oh man when i was in my 20s and 30s i love to garden getting out in nature, getting my hands dirty, planting, those were the ways that I was feeding my soul without me realizing that that was the fulfillment I was intentionally setting out to receive. Oh, such a great piece of advice. Mm, I love that. I love that. So Dr. Ray, where can the audience find you? How can they connect with you and stay up to date with all of the exciting things you've got going on out there? Yeah. Uh, so for the time being, I'm I'm still on Instagram. <laughs> I like how you say for the time. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so I'm on Instagram, Dr. Raymond Nichols 3.0. Um, and then I have a Mighty Networks, which is basically a private online community. Um, so you download the app Mighty Networks and then just um, search Dr. Raymond Nichols. It should come up and you can join the group. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I will make sure to note those in the show notes so it makes it Perfect. easier for individuals to find you and connect with you. You guys definitely have to follow him on Instagram. Um, I love the, the family perspective approach that you take. You know, you, you really are showing by doing yep. and encouraging through that role modeling, not just for yourself as an individual, but as a whole family unit. It's really, really a beautiful thing. Do you, are you familiar with uh, Sean Stevenson? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get the same kind of vibe with yeah. what you've got going on. Okay, yeah, are, I love, yeah, I love Sean Stevenson. He's an amazing human being. Yeah, he he's a great guy. He's originally from St. Louis as well. We, yeah, he is, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we met a long time ago back in the day um, and he, him and his wife are now out here in Los Angeles and okay. he's really making some big moves with yeah. bringing awareness around, you know, our current policies and yeah. um, the changes that we need to make and, and how we have the ability to contribute to that change. Mm -hmm. So I love what you're doing. I, um, I commend and applaud you for all of your work and your efforts. And um, just, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, thank you. I definitely enjoyed this conversation. Um, I, I enjoy conversation because different things can come up and allow me to learn something about myself. Uh, I, allow, I actually learn something about the person I'm speaking with as well. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. So leave the audience with one last thought. What, how can you provoke them to think differently about being able to step into their authentic power and expression? Yeah. Um, so one thought I would say, it would be more so of an analogy. Um, I'm gonna go with the analogy of, so think of your, your dream car, wherever that may be, your dream car. Um, so you got you get you get a chance to actually purchase your dream car, and you're excited, right? When you get that dream car, um, and you're not gonna let most likely you're not gonna let anyone drive it. Uh, it's your dream car, like this is your car, it's your baby. You love this thing, um, but what if I told you that you already have your dream car, mm -hmm. which is this vessel, which is this body, this suit, whatever you want to call it, um, and we are the only ones that can drive this vehicle right 
It means you can't outsource, you can't let someone else drive your vehicle while you sit in the passenger seat. You need to take responsibility for your own health. Uh, and I think that comes with driving your own vehicle, your, your dream car, and you have it. This is an amazing vehicle that you've been gifted with uh, to navigate through this thing called, called life. So yeah. That is an absolutely beautiful analogy. Thank you for leaving us with that. It definitely provokes some thought and also, you know, reassures possibility. So thank you. <laughs> Such a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.